welcome to Today Might Be Librarians, a production of the Plainfield Guilford Township Public Library. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find us wherever you may get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. I'm Nick. I'm, I'm the uh, adult services supervisor here at the library. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lauren M. I am the cataloger and I purchase adult fiction. And I'm Lauren W. I'm the teen services supervisor. And uh, today we're going to be talking a lot about food. It is the month of November. Everyone starts thinking about food. That's right. They certainly do. And uh, it's going to be a, a wee bit different this year for, I think, everybody. Mm, yeah. yeah. The good news is I don't have to cook for an army. So <laughs> That's a benefit, I guess. Yeah. Just a little bit of housekeeping, but the library will be closed Thursday, November 26th for Thanksgiving. Also, the library will be closing at 5 p.m. Wednesday, November 25th, the day before. So just, just be aware that our hours are going to be a little bit different around the holiday. But we will be open bright and early 9 a.m. for your Black Friday needs. That's right. <laughs> Best deals in town. Everything is free. You just have to bring it back eventually. That's true. <laughs> Which I know some of you do that with TVs from Best Buy anyway, so we can cut that. This has been Nick putting family members on blast. Oh, man. <laughs> just say their name next time. Weirdly enough, this is the year when I'm like, ooh, I can cook. I can do all this, and I don't have anyone to cook for. Don't have anybody to perform. Not really. So you're going to have a whole feast to yourself? And, you know, Mike... Mike will benefit from it as well. Perfect. <laughs> I'm sure Mike won't care. Oh, no. As, as a matter of fact, uh, this past Sunday, I, um, I cooked a turkey for the very first time. I'd never done it. And, you know, the like movies and TV shows always make it seem so difficult. So mm-hmm. I was very, very nervous. But Mike and I both were like, we really, really want some turkey. So let's <laughs> give this a shot. And it turned out great. Good. <laughs> and then carving it was also a lot easier than I thought it would be. So, yeah. We, we, we had turkey and macaroni and cheese and steamed broccoli on Sunday. It was like a dry run up to Thanksgiving. That's so great. So what <laughs> method did you use? So I really cheated. Okay. Um, I got one of those butterball turkeys that stays in a bag, and it's self-basting. Mm-hmm. So, and it it was really really good. Matt, I'll let you in on a secret. If I'm cooking a turkey in the oven, that's the way I'm. That's doing that's it. how you do I, it too. I'm a big fan of the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the bag does such a good job. Um, I'm not getting any money from the people who manufacture <laughs> said bags, but I I do enjoy the bag. Yeah. My personal. Me- favorite method is to grill roast my family and i have decided that we are going to buy thanksgiving dinner from a local restaurant this year oh that's that's a good idea um, mainly because i've been cooking a lot and cooking the normal food for an army thing just doesn't sound appealing this year (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a double benefit there of supporting the community and Mm -hmm. not having to be in the kitchen all day absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, my husband and I discovered brining bags a couple years ago, and that is definitely the way we've gone with our turkeys. Um, it sounds weird when you say it out loud, I guess, but that, it's super delicious. So I've, I've heard so it. much about brining, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be our next step because Mike's been talking about it. And also, Mike Mike wants to do wants to get like a fryer and do like the deep oh no fry. To which I said, Yeah, if we're going to do that, you're the one in charge of that. <laughs> so sure. we'll we'll see if we'll see if, if that happens. <laughs> You'll have to keep us updated. Yeah. (laughs) 
I have an uncle who uses the fryer. I I could never get the courage up to do it. Read too many horror stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I'm telling Mike if it's going to happen, it's going to be you. And I'll stand by with the fire extinguisher. Right. Right. Okay. Not a knock on Mike's skills, just... I understand. The whole situation in general. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys have anything that you like to do with the leftovers? Because the day after Thanksgiving is always a fun day for me to just kind of <laughs> experiment with leftovers and see what I can pull together. So... Normally when I do Thanksgiving with my family, it's at my parents' house. And so, like, I'll take some leftovers home that I'll just eat off of. But we've never had, like, the full bird there to experiment with. Uh, So I've never had a chance to do anything, but I just keep thinking I really, really want to make turkey noodle casserole from the leftovers. So that's going to be my first adventure into it. What do you do? So... I really like stuffing waffles. So you put the leftover stuffing on a waffle iron. You don't let it sit for too long, maybe like 30 minutes, just enough so that it all cooks together. Sure. And then uh, eat that in a savory manner. Uh, use the leftover gravy as, instead of a... Uh, syrup? Syrup, yep. I've never heard of this before. That's Me neither. really I'm kind interesting. Of yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend that, and honestly, the the turkey, don't eat it by itself. Uh, It would go great in enchiladas Mm. as a base for a a chili, Uh, the pulled pulled turkey chili. I mean, think outside the box on that. Don't just, you know, slab it on a a leftover roll and house it. Although, if that's your thing, don't be ashamed to do that because that's also delicious. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm really boring with my leftovers. <laughs> I eat them for days and days and days, but I just eat it as if it's a small Thanksgiving portion. So <laughs> I do my – my family is very into – my dad makes some really good potato salad, and my husband makes really good stuffing. Um, so, like, we do a lot of just the same old, same old for days and days and days. <laughs> But, but now you can that. try the stuffing waffles. See, as I was going to say, instead of doing potatoes, do you think stuffing would work as a waffle? Because I could get into that. Oh, I use the stuffing as waffles. Oh, I thought Did you I said potatoes. potatoes? No, oh, my I, brain's just doing I, its own I, thing. I was talking, just kidding. <laughs> although potatoes sound like a good idea, too. <laughs> oh, you could make stuffing waffles and like get make two of them. And then like slather sandwiches. a layer of, of mashed potatoes <laughs> or potato salad, if that's your thing, that's in between... And I don't know if you'd want to add gravy if you've got potato salad in there, but if you've got the mashed potatoes in there, pour and some gravy over. It, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. We are just making stuff up here. Sorry, right try. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll get really lucky and people will take pictures of what they do with their leftovers Ooh. and then tag us in hey, Instagram, hey. Facebook, Twitter, stuff like that. We would love to see that. Yes. Bring them to me. <laughs> The that's pictures my, are the leftovers. That's my answer. I, Bring them to I you so you can how, eat them? Yeah, I don't know how many leftovers I'm going to have this year yeah, because, of the, uh, because of the restaurant thing. So uh, bring them to me. That's that's my pitch for your Thanksgiving leftovers this year. Support your local librarian. <laughs> so I hear you guys have a lot of suggestions for cookbooks that we have in our collection at the library. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in very strange times, and there have been – I've seen uh, cartoons and pictures of people like standing with their phone in front of their kitchen cabinet saying, I have a mango, a packet of ramen, and Tabasco sauce. Google, find me a recipe. 
So in, perhaps instead of going to Google, we've got a whole bunch of cookbooks here that you can also check out. Um, and I've pulled a couple of different cookbooks from a couple of different um, areas. Um, the first one that I really thought of when I thought of a podcast about food is comfort food. Mm-hmm. We all need a little bit of extra comfort right now. Um, and two of the uh, three of the ones that I pulled were uh, Food for Life, Delicious and Healthy Comfort Food by Layla Ali. And remind me, Nick, is she Muhammad Ali's daughter? Yes. Okay. And, and I couldn't remember if she was in her own right. Y- yes. Yes. I couldn't remember if she was his daughter or granddaughter. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and yes, also an accomplished boxer. So she knows of what she speaks when she says healthy. Um, Jamie Oliver has a comfort food cookbook. And then I loved the title of this one. It's called Kiss My Casserole. 100 Mouthwatering Recipes Inspired by Ovens Around the World <laughs> by Howie Southworth. I love casseroles. And I just think that title's hilarious. Right? And the great thing about casseroles is you just you take a bunch of random ingredients and throw them together and you can make something very hearty that lasts a while that doesn't cost very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some other cookbooks that we have um, involve using the freezer to help either keep things going or to store a bunch of ingredients so they don't go bad or mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, one book that I pulled was Can I Freeze It by Susie uh, Theodoro. It talks about every single thing that you can put in your freezer and how you can just make your freezer work for you better. That's uh, so cool. Yeah. And I, I've turned into my grandmother. I've started buying loaves of, like, I'll buy an extra loaf of bread <laughs> on occasion when I'm out and I will stick the extra one in the freezer. I have turned into my grandmother as far as that goes. But yes, you can freeze loaves of bread. For sure, yeah. Um, And the other one is uh, Taste of Home's Freezer Pleasers. (laughs) I know, right? These these titles. (laughs) So great. And then also, we're always looking for like cheap ways to eat, ways to save money. Um, There's uh, Leanne Brown's Good and Cheap Eat Well on $4 a Day which I'm a big proponent of that one. Now, yeah. obviously, some of the recipes they make, it may cost a little bit more because she wrote this in 2015, so maybe some prices have gone up on a little bit. But still, being able to feed yourself and your family on $4 a day, that sounds fantastic. Seriously. Um, and uh, another one is How to Feed Yourself, 100 Fast, Cheap, and Reliable Recipes for Cooking When You Don't Know What You're Doing. <laughs> that's me <laughs> uh, that, that was me as well and probably still is me in some respects this this book this book's very helpful it, it's a it's a huge help to a lot of things because the recipes are not intimidating at all so it's not saying like get out your 16th century mandolin <laughs> that you know everybody has oh yeah for sure <laughs> so nick you said you had a couple of cookbooks yeah, that just a couple and because a lot of us are doing a non-traditional Thanksgiving this year, maybe you feel like you don't want to be locked into the, the traditional ideas. And Sam Sifton, who I think is still the editor of the New York Times cooking section, uh, he succeeded the venerable Mark Bittman. Uh, he had put out a book. Oh, let me check the date on it. This year has felt like five years, so it may have come out. So it came out, uh, I believe, about this time last year. It's called See You on Sunday, 
and it is filled with excellent they're meant for your Sunday family dinner, but they're great for any gathering special occasion recipes. Mm. And they're it's such a great variety. It's a brilliant cookbook. It's among one of the best I've ever read. It's great for event cooking. And uh, one of the things I like about it is it leaves breadcrumbs to recipes that inspired said recipe. So mm. if you see something that you really like and you notice a chef who's name-dropped in it, you can hunt down their book and do deeper diving. Um, you know what's really funny? I actually almost pulled that book to talk about, so I'm really <laughs> glad I didn't. <laughs> I, I love it. It's it's yeah. a fantastic book. It's I could do probably a good 30 minutes on my favorite cookbooks in our collection. <laughs> I, I really like cookbooks. That one is definitely on the short list. As for stuff that we've recently gotten, um, I can't recommend uh, the newest uh, Yotamata Lange book, uh, Flavor, is out. And he just does such a wonderful job of uh, vegetable-forward cooking. Um, it Not everything is vegetarian, not everything is vegan, but everything is vegetable-forward. And this is, I think, his fourth cookbook. I think we have all four. And they're all beautifully bound. The photography is excellent because of the way the ingredients he's using. Everything is very colorful and it tastes good too. Now you said vegetable forward. Yes. Would you mind explaining that just a little bit? Um, it means, let me collect my thoughts here. So vegetable forward is a way of cooking that isn't completely free of animal product, but does push forward. I know I'm using the uh, the term in it in my definition, but it does emphasize the use of vegetables and the flavor of vegetables as a centerpiece of a dish, or not just vegetables, but shocks, legumes, plants. So, cool. You just you used that a couple of times, and I had an idea, but I was yeah. like, well, maybe I'm wrong. But that sounds very interesting, though. I'm always looking for different ways to incorporate more plants into my diet. Yeah, and coming from a culture of uh, Midwest America that is so animal product forward, it can be intimidating to look at a vegetable and think of it as a centerpiece of a meal. But, man, you can do some really cool things with a leek. <laughs> so now, Lauren, what about you? Uh, you told me that you don't really have so much cookbooks, but you have books that are centered around food that you wanted to feature. Yeah, Um Somebody earlier said something about, like, non-traditional for Thanksgiving things, and I think that's the route I went with my, my book <laughs> selections here. So um, these books, uh, I have three of them. They all feature food uh, as just part of the books. They're not necessarily what the book's about, um, but it, they also deal a lot with family. So I figured that was a good theme for Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one I have is The Astonishing Color of After by Emily X.R. Pan. Um, It's about a girl named Lee. Her mother dies, and so her father sends her to spend some time with her maternal grandparents in Taiwan. And um, she's never been there before. She's never really met them. Uh, She doesn't speak the language, so she's trying to figure out how to bond with family that she's never met before, as well as, like, overcome some hurdles. Um, But throughout the whole book, it's it's using beautiful language, um, but especially for all the food. There's a lot of food being eaten and brought as, like, ways to bond without having to speak 
And uh, it just makes you want to try all of the foods that they describe in the book. And I think that's the theme for all of these. These are all very, I've read all of these books and they all made me want to eat all the food. So <laughs> that's part of it. Um, so that one's a really good book. And uh, and it's got a beautiful cover too. <laughs> I also have More Than Just a Pretty Face by Syed Masood. Um, that one's about a boy named Daniel Jelani. And he, um, he wants to be a chef when he grows up. So this one's a little bit more actual food heavy. Um, but his dad doesn't approve of that. He also is not great with his academics. So his, he's just kind of a, a shame to his father, I guess. And his mom's trying to constantly find him a good arranged marriage. Um, so she sets him up, uh, with a girl named Bisma. And she's just unconventional for their culture and things like that. And they bond a little bit. And she's really, really smart where he, finds himself lacking. Um, But he gets signed up for this academic um, competition, and so she helps him throughout the school year prepare for it, and they bond via that. So I know none of that's the food stuff. That's just the plot stuff. It's a really good book. (laughs) Um, But since he loves cooking and he wants to become a chef, he is interning at a French restaurant. And um, so his... The chef is, like, really harsh sometimes, and she's just, like, very no-nonsense. But she also lets him cook whatever he feels sometimes. Um, so it's it's cool the descriptions they put in. He he has reasonings behind what he makes when he makes it. And, um, and then also he has a friend who, whenever he and his dad are together, he wants him to cook for them. So he does that. He also cooks for another friend's family every time they have a party. And he lets them say that it's their cooking. And so, like, there's a lot of cooking in this book. And he brings a lot of people together via a lot of his food. So that one, it has a variety of types of food, too, which is kind of fun. You don't get that a lot. Yeah. And then my last one is Darius the Great is Not Okay by Adib Karam. Um, it's about a boy named Darius, obviously. <laughs> um, and he is more comfortable, like, being a nerd, speaking, like, uh, Klingon. Uh, but he can't speak Farsi very well. And his family goes to visit um, his extended family in Iran. And he's very uncomfortable. Um, and But he has never had really good friendships or anything like that. He's getting bullied at the beginning of the book when you meet him. And um, when he gets there, there's a boy named Sorab that just accepts him as a friend just no matter what. And they just hang out. And he feels like a real person when he's there. And so this book is dealing with a lot of, like, mental health stuff and family issues as well as a lot of food because there's a lot of family gatherings in the book. And mm-hmm. once again, they just do a really good job describing the food. And he loves to eat, um, even though his parents are a little upset about how much he likes to eat. But <laughs> it's just part of his character. He loves the food. And so he describes it so lovingly as he's at these meals with everybody. And so it makes you want to eat all of the food. So <laughs> all three of those books I highly recommend. Um, and they have a good variety of types of foods as well. So That's cool. Yeah. Talking about those books reminded me of some of the um, cozy mysteries that we have here at the library that are so based around food. For I mean, sure. You know, Joanne Fluke and all of her mysteries with the recipes and Isis Crawford and um, one that I particularly enjoy is Maddie Day's uh, Country Store Mysteries. Uh, this woman just, she owns a little restaurant that she, where she also sells like old-fashioned um, cooking supplies and things like that. Um, and it takes place in a fictional town in Brown County, Indiana. That's so uh, cool. Yeah, the, and the author um, is an IU graduate, so she was very familiar with the area. Um, a word of warning when you're reading it, uh, she 
she studied uh, linguistics, so she's very into language. So some of the characters, they're, when they speak, they're written in a particular dialect. Mm. And it can sometimes be a little difficult to decipher what they're actually saying. <laughs> Although, I don't know, if you're from that area, maybe it sounds like, you know, the people that you grew up with. But... Supernatural, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're cute little mysteries, and there are recipes for you to try, and it's, it's a lot of country cooking, lots of comfort food, and some of the stuff sounds absolutely delectable. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And those books, a lot of the time, I'm not super familiar with a lot of cozy mysteries, but a lot of them will have a recipe in the back, right? Yes, yeah. Um, I think, I think just about every cozy mystery that involves someone who has some kind of a food career they'll have one or two mysteries mysteries recipes <laughs> for you to try there's the, one or two mysteries in the book too obviously but hopefully <laughs> yeah uh, i love the krista davis um diva series uh, the woman is a professional caterer oh, okay and she'll have a, mis- uh, a recipe or two and um there will be a couple of scenes in each book where people will come over to the main character's house and she's like, and then I just pulled this that I had out of the freezer and I slapped a little bit of this and that on it and created an appetizer. And it's like, how? That's amazing. Totally normal things. <laughs> yeah. But, and I mean, she, she makes, she makes the, the idea of cooking sound pretty simple and pretty mm-hmm. obtainable. Right. So I think that's why I like those. Those, those mysteries so much is because not only are they solving a mystery that I love, but also there's another part of my life that I feel like I'm lacking in. And then I read this and I feel encouraged to try. Inspirational. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you ever tried any of the recipes from A Cozy Mystery? Has that oh, happened yet? Oh, gosh. Um, I want to say yes. I think it was, well, sort of. Um. <laughs> I took a base of a recipe and I thought, well, I'm going to try adding this. And I want to say it was like lemon cupcakes or something. Mm. And I decided I wanted to add some raspberry into it as well. Mm. And I promptly found out I don't yet quite understand how to work with flavor because <laughs> I don't know the, the, the raspberry. Maybe I just got like bad raspberry flavoring or something, but the raspberry just didn't taste right. Mm. The, the actual lemon cupcake and the part that I, you know, that I read at the recipe that tasted great. So <laughs> you just got to try it a couple more times with different, maybe, yeah, <laughs> different variations. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on that note, maybe we should move to what we're geeking out about. <laughs> what are you geeking out about, Lauren? So I am geeking out about the Great British Baking Show. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but not just the um, the current series that's being released one at a time on Netflix. I've been going back and rewatching the old episodes and uh just just tuesday i think it was i was thinking i don't know what i've been geeking out about i know we do this segment every podcast but what in the world am i geeking out about and then that night i was re-watching um the uh if you watch it on netflix it's collection two and i always refer to that as kimberly's season because she did not win. She uh, was in the final three, but they chose somebody else. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, she was robbed. She totally <laughs> should have won this season. And rewatching it only reinforces that with me. So that's when I realized, oh, I am totally geeking out about this show. But I, I love it. It makes me feel like there are things I could possibly do or things that I could just give a try. And as long as I don't mix up salt and sugar, I should be able to put something together that's decent. Um, 
but also I find the show for the most part very relaxing as it's it is a reality show and it is a competition but it's not cutthroat you know yeah. the the contestants they're very supportive of each other and if you know there there are lots of shots where if they're one person is kind of either waiting on something to come out of the oven or they they've finished theirs and someone else needs help assembling something or mm-hmm. holding something they'll step right up they you know they're never leaving each other in the lurch so it's it's a nice way of seeing people work together and it's calming and i that's one of my favorite reality shows but i think the most uncomfortable moment i've ever seen i haven't seen all the seasons but was one person's ice cream got left out of the freezer and they flipped (laughs) out and threw it away and were super angry and i was just like (gasps) yeah yeah that is probably the most drama that show has ever had in terms of yeah well with the exception of maybe when one of them gets injured but Mm. yeah well i haven't seen that one (laughs) um but yeah, that and that's the, on Netflix. That's the first collection. So okay. I think that was the very first season that we had over here in the U.S. Okay, it was season five in the U.K. I don't know why they chose that particular one to show to the U.S. first, but I get very confused by them all on Netflix. I'm just currently <laughs> watching like the ones as they come out weekly, so mm-hmm. that's a little less confusing for my brain. <laughs> what about you, Nick? Um, so as we're sp- as we're recording this, we are towards the end of the uh, of the November sumo wrestling tournament <laughs> in Japan, and I've been waking up in the morning and watching the day's matches from the top division of sumo every every morning for the past week and a half. I where are you watching it? Like, how um, are you watching it? I should say. So there's a couple of different ways you can watch it. Um, the Japanese channel that show that has broadcasting rights is actually available for free <laughs> in the U.S. Uh, that's NHK. Uh, they have a free app. Um, my preferred method is a uh, a gentleman puts them all together on YouTube with English language commentary. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how strictly legal it is. So I'm not going to put them on blast, but it's 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 fun. Uh, it's a sport that I started watching on a whim, and now I feel invested in every aspect of it. Uh, Do you have your favorite wrestler? Um, not really yet. Okay, I, I've got guys that I really appreciate. Um, uh, but it's it's been an interesting tournament. Both the highest ranked. Uh, Rikishi and the lowest ranked Rikishi are tied for the lead, which is something very interesting that shouldn't be happening. But, uh, it's, it's fun. There's a lot of drama. It makes sense to me. It's like watching the football Oklahoma drill done 21 times over the course of 15 minutes. Okay. Good time. It's really dorky though, man. (laughs) I feel like it's a natural, like, sport movement for you after you because you like other wrestling too right yeah yeah i i i am known to uh watch other wrestling yes (laughs) well cool i've been told not to talk about that in public so i'm sorry i shouldn't have gone there (laughs) i guess you're fine fine. oh man sharuta forever (laughs) okay What about you, Lauren? Um, I guess we're all just going to talk about stuff we're watching right now. So my husband and I have been watching a lot of 
the like game shows that have come back. And I, it's just very exciting. So we've been watching Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. Um, less of a game show, still just like a show show. Um, we've been watching uh, The Weakest Link with Jane Lynch. And I knew she was like the perfect pick for that when they announced it. And she she's really good at it. She's not like incredibly rude, but she's just enough of like, <laughs> okay, you know. Just got, acerbic enough. Yeah. And she's she's good on her feet too. Mm. So like when somebody has a specific skill or whatever, she I don't think it's something she's reading off the screen. I could be wrong, but she can make some jokes like mm. with her own brain. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did try out Supermarket Sweep um, with, I think it's Leslie Jones that's doing Leslie that. Jones, yes. Yep. Um, I wasn't as into that, but I never never watched the original so maybe i just don't have that nostalgia i don't know uh, well you can watch the original on <laughs> i Netflix. could i guess yeah. <laughs> i believe me i did did you really times yes i love that show do you really yes and i've been afraid to try the the new one but i do like leslie jones a lot so i think i'm just gonna suck it up and give it a try yeah i like her so yeah. that's that was part of why i watched it but I just don't know if it's the show itself for me. It wasn't her that was, like, turning me away from it. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just really fun to watch all those. And, I mean, I've talked about it, I think, with you guys before. But uh, we also watched The Masked Singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just – I know it's super dorky, but, like, I really enjoy it. I, there, and it's another show where it's, like, it's not cutthroat. It's, like, people who are already famous, mm-hmm. they don't have to, like – try to get the deal you know or whatever no skin in the game. Yeah. yeah exactly and so it's a lot of fun my husband has been really like he there's been a lot of who we suppose are country music stars this season and okay. so that's his like realm and he's really <laughs> been like he's been getting them so it's it's been fun to watch that um but yeah so we enjoy all of those right now i don't know if it's like a you don't have to think super hard because it's not a drama but <laughs> we're enjoying them right now so that's what i've been into <laughs> good Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you had as much fun as we did. And uh, please like us, review us, and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, and we'll, we'll talk to you in December.